0: Hey, hey, welcome to Message of the Week presented by Anthem Church. We're so excited that you're here with us today. Uh, If it's your first time listening... Uh, which today it's everybody's first time because it's our first time here. <laughs> Why not you go ahead and follow us or subscribe on whatever platform you're listening to us on. My name is Isaac Robinson, and I am your host and the creative pastor here at Anthem Church. And since it's our first time, I want to go ahead and give you a little bit more information about who and what we are. Anthem Church is a local church here planted in Hammond, Indiana. Our lead pastors are pastors Sam and Taylor Hamstra, And we have one simple mission here. We are leading people to know Christ and to make him known. If you'd like to know a little bit more about us, go ahead and head over to weareanthemchurch.com. Message of the week, as you can tell, is where we will present the weekly Sunday messages from the pastoral staff here at Anthem Church church we're so excited about this new venture so listen i'm not going to hold you the very first message that we have here is from our summer kickoff event it was our one big outdoor service and pastor sam preached a message entitled the next season of your life let's take a listen and i'll see you at the end
1: i'm believing with all my heart that we're about to enter the best season we've ever seen as a church and i want to speak into that because it's going to require some things of us so if you have a bible if you could turn with me to joshua chapter 5 joshua chapter 5 I want to look at an interesting story in Joshua chapter 5. If you have a Bible, if you want to follow along on your phone, also if you want to follow along on the stream as well, you can pull that up. And uh, while you're doing that, if you could just share the love on where you're at this morning, that would be great. But we'll get all the notes up on the screen if you want to follow along on our stream on YouTube or Facebook. I want to look at Joshua chapter 5, verses 2 through 12 this morning. This is... um, the book of Joshua is a great book to look at in times of transition, which I believe God is taking us into a new season. So, at that time, the Lord, starting at verse 2, told Joshua, Make flint knives and circumcise the second generation of Israelites. So, Joshua made flint knives and circumcised the entire male population of Israel at Gibeath Horlath. Joshua had to circumcise them all, the men who were old enough to fight in battle when they left Egypt had died in the wilderness. Those who had left Egypt had all been circumcised, but none of those born in after the exodus, during the years in the wilderness had been circumcised. The Israelites had traveled in the wilderness for 40 years until all the men who were old enough to fight in battle when they left Egypt had died. For they had disobeyed the Lord. How many of you guys know when you disobey the Lord, sometimes it has consequences. For they had disobeyed the Lord and the Lord vowed, he would not let them enter the land he's sworn to give us, a land flowing with milk and honey. So Joshua circumcised her sons, those who had grown up to take their father's places for they had not been circumcised on the way to the promised land. After all the males had been circumcised, they rested in the camp until they were healed. Then the Lord said to Joshua, today I have rolled away the shame of your slavery in Egypt. So that place has been called Gilgal to this day. Well, the Israelites were camped at Gilgal on the plains of Jericho. They celebrated Passover on the evening of the 14th day of the first month. The very next day they began to eat unleavened bread and roasted grain from the land. No manna appeared on that day they first ate from the crops of the land and it was never seen again. So from that time on the Israelites ate from the crops of Canaan. Today I want to share a message with you if you're taking notes. How many note takers we still have outside? I want to share a message with you about the next season of your life. I want to talk to you about the next season of your life. Let me pray and then I'm going to dive in. Lord help us to enter the next season of our lives well. Jesus' name, Amen. I just said more in a short prayer than some of you say in fifteen-minute prayers. I'm just, <laughs> just saying. I'm just saying. I just recently heard a story that really resonated with me about a, a pastor, a local pastor, who was preaching a three-night revival service. And after night three, they wrapped up the service at about 10 p.m. And after the service came, the host pastor came to him and said, I would love to take you out to eat. And he said, I really don't want to go. But the pastor was so persistent on taking this guy out to eat, he finally said, okay. He didn't want to go because uh, he had just finished preaching that service. On the third night, he was exhausted. It's 10 p.m. at night, and he knows that he has a 6 a.m. flight to catch the next morning. So the pastor was so persistent, though, he says, okay, I'm going to go. I'll go out to with you. And when he gets there, he wasn't too excited because there was 15 people at their party. I don't know if you've ever been to a restaurant with a lot of people, but how many of you know it takes some time to get your food? So 15 people are sitting there waiting for food, and this pastor has a flight at 6 a.m. the next morning, doesn't get to his hotel until 2 a.m. that morning. Now, how many of you know when you got some early to do the next day and you come in a little late? I know some of you, um, you don't know anything about staying out too late and trying to get to church in the morning because you guys are all super safe, so you don't know what I'm talking about. But some, some of you guys here today, so he, under, he gets to this hotel super late at 2 a.m., and he's got a flight to catch at 6 a.m., so he has a decision to make that I think we've all kind of been around this place before. Do I try to get a two-hour power nap, or wait, do I just try to stay up and wait till I get on the plane to take a nap? So he decides, I'm going to stay up, I'm going to power through it. He checks in, he gets to the airport, and wouldn't you know it, he stops at the gate, and his eyes get a little sleepy, and he falls asleep at the gate. And I'm talking about one of those good sleeps. You guys know what I'm talking about? Mouth open, drool coming out your mouth, come on. And he's sleeping. And what he didn't know, though, he was at the wrong gate. And all of a sudden, what had happened was there was a loudspeaker saying his name, would this pastor please, we're saying pastor, but his name, report to the gate, we're looking for you, we're about to leave. And thank God there was somebody there that was actually at the conference he was preaching at that saw him sleeping in that good sleep and came and woke him up and said, hey, get on the plane. And thankfully, he made the plane. Now, you guys are asking probably this morning, why in the world are you telling the story about a pastor on a plane? Well, let me tell you why. Because it's really resonated in my life, not because of the story, because of the principle that I think is true and found in the story, that so sometimes you can be so exhausted by what lies behind you that you fail to hear someone that calls your name to move on to the next destination. I don't know if you just heard me. I'm no longer talking about a plane. I'm talking about your life. That sometimes you can be so exhausted about a season that you were just in that you fail to hear God's call about what he's calling you into next. And being outside for, for this service, I don't know about you, but it kind of brought me back today. Because about a year ago, we hosted a few months straight of Anthem Outside. Was anybody here at those services, Anthem Outside? We, we hosted these services for, for quite some time, not necessarily, I think this is great, but it it wasn't necessarily something we wanted to do. It was something that we felt like we almost had to do, and thinking uh, back over the past year, I know we're all sick of hearing about it now, but you could come to this place today on June 6th, and and all we can really say right now is some of us, Pastor, I'm kind of tired, and I get it, because this past year, I don't know about you, it's worn me out. We, we had a pandemic, we had race riots, and I know we're sick of hearing about it, but politics, mask or no max, vasca, vax or no vax, school in person or online, church in the house, or do I stay home? Do we have any honest people today who would say this last year kind of wore me out? Yeah. Do I have any real people in the front yard at Anthem Church today like, I just kind of yeah. wore me out? And for many of us, if we're told the truth, we, we've become so accustomed to crazy We become so accustomed to dysfunction, we no longer have any expectation that the next season's going to be any better than what we just came out of. And this, the weight has been heavy, the struggle's been hard, the journey's been so long. So what is going to make tomorrow be any different? But here's what can happen if you're not careful. You can be so frustrated by the journey that lies behind you, so tired of what you've just gone through, so burdened on what you just had to carry, that you can miss the call of God to enter into the next season into your life well. And I want to talk to you about what this looks like, about entering into the next season of your life. Because like I just said, I, I really do believe, I, I hear the sound of the Lord even. I, I want to preach kind of a prophetic message today. That I believe God is really entering us into what I'm going to call a harvest season. That we've planted. Come on, we, we've watered. How many of you know we've been pruned and it hurt? But after that, all that stuff, come on, now it's time for harvest. Harvest. And I believe with all my heart that no eye has seen and no ear has heard what God is about to do in us and through us. In Hammond, Indiana, for the 219, through a people who are sold out for Jesus Christ. I hear the Lord saying, I'm about to carry you into what's next. I'm, I'm transitioning you from here to here. And this is what the story of Joshua, I feel like preaching even though I'm outside. <laughs> this is what the story of Joshua is all about. It's a story of people that are in transition. I want to give you some context so so we're all on the same page this morning. What what we see here is that the story of Joshua is about a people that they're being taken into their next. God's about to bring them into their next season, into an area of their lives, the promised land that they've been waiting for for a very long time. And Before I tell you how Joshua 5 plays out, let me give you the context. Uh, If you grew up in Sunday school, you You may have heard this before. If you're new to Christ, I want to just lay this out so we're all on the same page this morning. As many of you learned in Sunday school, the children of Israel were in bondage in Egypt, and they cried out to God for deliverance. Now God is faithful, so he provided a deliverer named who? Who? Moses and Moses went to Pharaoh and he said, "Let my people go." And Pharaoh said, "No." So what did God do? He gave ten plagues. And on the tenth plague, Pharaoh said, is it enough is enough. I'm going to let my people go." And he lets them go, and they leave. And Moses leads them out, and they hit the Red Sea. And they hear the sound of chariots behind them because Pharaoh had changed his mind. But God shows Himself strong, and He opens up the Red Sea and makes a way where there is no way. And the people of Israel now begin their journey through the wilderness, and it is there that God shows himself strong time and time again. They were hungry and couldn't find food, so God opened up the skies and rained down manna. They were thirsty and didn't have any water, so God made a fire hydrant out of a rock. They didn't know where to go, so he led them with a cloud by day and fire by night. When they didn't know where to go, God spoke to them and told them where it was. go. It was in the wilderness where God led them time and time again and after a short while in the wilderness they get to the promised land this this border and they're looking into their future they're looking into their next but they didn't manage it right so they missed it they sent spies out and the spies gave a bad report and God was so angry he was so upset with them how could I do so much for you but you still don't believe me yet Can, can I pause I feel the spirit on that right now how could God do so much for you and you still don't believe that he can take you into what's next. And so God is angry. He says, you're going to have to go for 40 years in, in the desert, in the wilderness. And then in Joshua chapter 1, by the time we get here, here's what we see. They wandered for 40 years. And that original deliverer, Moses, had died in Joshua 1. And the Lord raised up a man named Joshua to lead the people. It was here that God told him, be strong and courageous, for I am with you. Joshua chapter 2, God sends spies out to check on Jericho. They come back and say, surely the Lord has given us this land. Joshua 3, they set out and run into, not the Red Sea. They run into the Jordan River, and here's what God does. God does for Joshua what he did for Moses, and there's a principle here. Moses, God parts the Red Sea. For Joshua, God parts the Jordan River. God parts this. God is showing Joshua, and it's teaching us today that I'm the same God right now as I was back then. I made a way for him. I'll make a way for you. Now now we're in Joshua chapter 5. Are you all tracking with me? It's important to see this. The Jordan River now, they they crossed into it. God just provided a miracle. The Jordan River is behind them. And the Jericho walls are in front of them. They're conquesting now into the promised land. The Jordan is behind them. And here Jericho is in front of them. They're right on the tip of breakthrough. A new day, a new season. And they had the audacity to believe that even after all they had been through, after all they had done, that the best was still yet to come. And why did they believe it? Because they can look back at the Jordan River and say, surely God did not bring us this far to leave us in the middle and not bring us into the next. And maybe I got some people here today who would make that same declaration that surely God would not leave us here after he took us this far to strand us right here. Do I have any people who are thankful today? You made it through. So many different things. And they're still believing the best is yet to come. And and here the people of Israel, watch this. They're about to take over Jericho and walk into their next season. They've been waiting for this for years and years and years. And in Joshua chapter five, before they go in, God says, hold up, wait a minute. You can't go in yet until I deal with some things. Because your mentality is not right for what you're about to walk into. Before they enter in, God says, I'm going to hit pause on this. And if you're going to go into this next season of your life correctly, to show me that you're ready, there's some things that I need you to do before you enter in. And I want to show you, can I teach the Bible this morning? I want to show you at least four, there might be more in this text, of things that God will require from us that we see in this text to enter in to the next season. These, these are right in the text. God hits pause and says, hey, before you enter in, how many believe we're going into the best season? Before we enter in, there's some things next level that we got to deal with into this new season. And I want you to notice this now. They're caught between the Jordan and Jericho. And God says, before you move into Jericho, before the next season of your life begins, before I release you into the place of your promise, the first thing you need to do is you need to cut some weight. There's certain things that I read in the Bible sometimes. I don't know about you. that that I read, and I'm like, why does this have to be here? Joshua chapter 5 is one of these scriptures. And when you look at the life of Joshua, if you step into his shoes for a season, where's all my fellows at? Can I talk to the dudes real quick? This guy is a manly man. He's a a general, right? You you get a feel of, of what leadership looks like. After 430 years of slavery, after 40 years of wandering the promised land, they're finally ready to conquer what God said. But remember, Joshua, he's a man of war a man of strategy. He's a military general. And God says, all right, Joshua, here's the first thing you're going to do. Joshua 5 and 2. I want you to go get a flint knife and I want you to go circumcise all the men. Now, you might be wondering, why are you talking about circumcision? Here's what you got to understand. Like, this makes no sense. Can you imagine this is the first rules that you give? Here's what you see about God, though. God is kind of coming in and saying, I did it this way for 40 years, but now I'm about to do something different in one second. This is where, can we be honest, where a lot of churches get stuck? Because we think that God moved this way, that back then he's going to move this way now. That's why some people are still singing the same songs from 1976, but the oil left it a long time ago. God said, listen, I'm going to do something new in this season that you haven't seen, but it's going to require something different. So he tells them how to do it. Now, it's really interesting, okay? He says, I want you to take some flint. Now it's a rock, and I want you to break that rock, and I want you to take the shards from the rock and take a knife and and cut Now here's the thing you gotta understand, some of these dudes are 40 years old. And all the guys said, ouch. Right, like what in the world is he going on? Why is he doing this? Why is he doing this to them? You know, there's no scalpel, no anesthesia. These are 40 year old men with some rock telling them to cut some things off. This is nasty, it's graphic, what's going on? What is God saying? He's saying, I need you to go through the painful process of recognizing that if you're gonna walk into a new season, there's some old stuff that needs to be cut off first. That you can't enter into a new season until you deal with some stuff in your old season. You, you can't enter in until you cut some things off. He says, I'm not going to release you into what yet you have yet if you don't deal with this because you can't be wearing this and walk into that. You want to enter into this, but you need to cut some weight first. And here's what you know today. We know for, for Jew, the circumcision of, it was of the foreskin. But for the Christian circumcision is of the heart you see Joshua can I preach the gospel for all of Holman Avenue right now listen Jesus Joshua here is a type of Jesus and he's saying I want you to cut this off what did Jesus do for us? He circumcised our heart that upon salvation, the Bible says that he gave us a new heart. We had a stony heart, but he gave us a heart of flesh, not because of your merit and goodness, but because of his goodness. He gave you a new start, and he says, I, I, now I circumcised your heart. And this is what the baptism, water baptism, is all about. It's a representation of the circumcision of the heart. And I want to encourage some of you guys to get water baptized, even next Sunday, to celebrate all that God has done and all that he's done in your life. And you see, you got to understand this, is that Christianity is a daily practice of circumcising the heart, cutting away those things that hinder your walk with God. And the Bible says this in Hebrews 12 and 1, it's the practice of laying down every weight and sin that so easily trips us up. It's what Jesus says is taking up your cross, denying yourself, and follow me. It's a daily circumcision. It's a cutting off of anything that stands in the way of my walk with God. Now now I prophetically predicted that it would get real quiet in here. When I started talking about cutting some things off from your past before you got to walk into the next season. Can we be honest though? We like the praises go up and the blessings go down. We, we like name it and claim it. Come on, we like to grab it and blab it, blab it and grab it. I don't like to actually crucify it because I want convenient Christianity. <laughs> I'm going to preach outside. I don't care. I want to walk into my next season without dealing with the pain of my past. I want to walk into what's next on whole. I want it convenient. But God says, no, before you walk in, some things actually have to die. I want the stuff sometimes that doesn't make me feel good. But God says it's the things that actually hurt sometimes that will produce in you a harvest for what's next. God says this is different. He says, if you want to move into the next season, there's going to be a pain of cutting away the stuff that stands with your walk with me. Now, you got to understand why why circumcision. This is really important. They're about to go into Jericho. And God is really saying, listen, I can't have you go in there looking like them. I can't have you walk into this next season looking like everybody else that you're about to walk into. I'm going to do something in you so that you actually look different because I'm not calling you to stand in. I'm calling you or fit in. I'm calling you to stand out. God is saying if you don't do this over here, your light's going to be so dull you won't shine out there. Church, could it be today that we're not living up to the command to be in the world but not of it? How many of us could be honest today and say we're in the world and of it, and I think the church could be worst of all? In church, if we're going to change the city, we can't look like it. God says, I want you in it, but not of it. If you're just like everybody else and you haven't cut anything away, then your witness will be not count for anything out there. And God says, listen, I want to cut some stuff off of you because you can't go in there looking like the world over here. But when I send you in, I'm not sending you to be like everybody else. I'm sending you to be a city on a hill. But if you act like them, talk like them, walk like them, don't forgive like them... <laughs> do you like them? I'll keep going bougie like them. Then why in the world would they want what we have? He's saying, listen, you need to cut some things off because when you take you to what's next, I need you to stand out, not fit in. He's saying, I need some people. I'm going to say something a little dangerous right now in, in this month we're in, in the month of June, to come out of the closet with their faith. I need some people who are not going to be ashamed to read their Bible at their desk on Monday. I need some people who are not going to be ashamed when somebody's going through something to look at them and say, let me lay hands on you. I believe there's something in you. I'm going to call you out of what you're in into to what's next. I see something. Di-. We need some people that not only prophesy in four walls. I need some prophets in the marketplace. He's saying, listen, you, you need, I need some people that are unashamedly Christian in this hour that are going to look different for where I'm sending you into next. And if you look the same, there's no point in where we're going. So he says you need to cut some weight. Now, once again, I prophetically predicted that it will get a little quiet in here. But how many of us can be honest today? There's some areas that we need to cut back a little bit. In church I me. Mean, we've had some people that have been walking with the Lord for a while. This morning on June 6th, that summer kickoff, I'm not just talking about open and overt sin. I'm talking about those places in your heart that you've given up on. I'm talking about the lack of trust that you have because of your past. So you won't trust anybody that God put in your life for the future. I'm talking not just about sins of commission. I'm talking about sins of omission that we treated the voice of God as common in our life and he's spoken and we haven't responded and we've been apathetic and we scrolled on the gram and social instead of getting out from where we are. I'm not talking about those big overt things. I'm talking about those things that God put in our heart that we haven't walked out on. God says, I need some people uh, in this hour to cut those things off and walk by faith. Let us be a people who are marked by faith but he said, listen, if you're really going to walk into the next season, anybody want to walk into the next season of your life? He's saying you, you, you got to cut some things off. Now, if you thought that was bad, it just keeps on getting worse. Now, here's what he says. really interesting in this text. He, he looks around and he says, hey, first you need to cut some things off, right? Now, I want you to picture this. They're right before their enemy. The enemy could probably hear these grown men screaming like, what kind of enemy is this? This ain't bad, right? This is going to be easy. But then God tells him, it's right in the text, he says, I want you to stay here and heal. Don't leave this place until you heal. Here's the next thing that you have to do if you're really gonna walk into your next season. You need to heal from what hurts you. He says, I want you to stay put. You ain't entering in until you're fully healed to go into your next. Can can we be honest today? I know that we're all strong and your neighbor can't see what you're going through right now. But if we're to be honest right now in this season, there's been some people that have done some stuff to you that hurts you. There's been some things that have been said, some things you've heard that you can't unsee and unheard, right? I I, I looked at a grown man. I've never done this before in my life. I looked at him dead in the eyes and said, man, you hurt me. This hurts. You see, you're not going to get on from your hurt when you don't act like you're not hurt. If you really want to get healed from your hurt, you actually got to first admit that this hurts you. And maybe we have a real line of church. I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand, but maybe I could just get a pinky and you could just say, I've been through some stuff in this season that hurt me. He says, if you really want to walk in to the next season that I'm calling you into, you need to heal from what hurts you. Because if you don't heal from it, you're going to bleed on the same people that I've called you to. If you don't heal from it, you're going to cuss people out that don't deserve to be cussed out. And maybe we could have an honest church that you know some words that are in the Bible and you used them in the last season. Come on. (laughs) But but if you don't heal from what hurts you, you can't move into what's next. Now the question I was asking myself though is why would God do this in front of the enemies? How many of you love scripture though that God actually is preparing a table in the presence of his enemies? He's saying, you know what, I want you to heal right here, right in front of your enemies, because God is saying, here's what you need to understand. When you can't stand up, I'll be your strength. How many of you could testify today that you know when you can't go on, that you're hurting and can't wake up, that we serve the kind of God that if you stay with him, he'll fight your battles. How many of you know today that he shut their mouth? He put you in the spot. To lift you up. It wasn't you that deserved it. He sent the check in the mail that our God has a way to fight your battles. I'm preaching at 6947, Holman Avenue today. Fight your battles when you can't fight for yourself. God is teaching us a lesson that you see all throughout scripture that in your weakness let me show the world that I'm still strong. And he says I want you to heal from your hurt right in front of the very enemy that I put you in front of. So if you really want to walk into your next season, God, God's teaching us today a couple things. Number one, you've got you to cut some weight. Anybody know some weight you need to cut? Here, here's the second thing he says, you got to heal from what hurts you. Here, here's the second thing, the third thing God says now, no more manna. Somebody say no more manna. Now, now manna is a, a bland substance, okay? It's like a wafer. If you guys know scripture, once again, if you grew up in Sunday school, you know the story. What did did God do? He opened up the skies and every single morning they would wake up and this, this ground would be like covered in this white substance. It was bland. It was flavorless. But it provided. Okay. And so every day they would gather for one day. Except on the Sabbath, they would gather for two days. And what God was teaching them in this season was a very big lesson they had to understand in the wilderness. He was teaching them that I am a provider. I might not give you everything you want right now because you ain't ready to receive it, but I'll give you what you need. And I wonder today, even in the midst of everything that happened in the year 2020, leading up to this moment right now, is there anybody thankful that we serve a God who is a provider? <laughs> Does anybody know about that man of life that I'm talking about? You might not have that steak, but I'm thankful for some mac and cheese that he's still provided. I might not have that meal like I wanted, but I thank God for some peanut butter and jelly that he provided. I might not have everything that I want, but my God is more than sufficient. He, that, that My God is a provider. And he's taught him this lesson, but he said, hey, what you got to understand, people of God, is that here's what I'm taking you into next. Manna was for the wilderness. But in the wilderness, you needed manna. Where I'm taking you next, I'm not providing manna. What's he saying? That I don't work the same way in the promised land as I work in the wilderness. What does the text teach us? It said that at this day they enter the promised land that they ate from the land what are they trying to say? that the next season of life God will actually put in you the ability to produce the harvest that's around you he's saying listen I had to provide this way back then but if you want what's next I'm going to provide this way now and here's where a lot of Christians miss it is that we hear the promised land is what? it's the land flowing with milk and honey milk and honey and I, here's where we miss it though I expect the milk to come in a cold overweight jug ready to pour in a nice cup cup and I expect the honey to be in a bottle that I can squeeze out but Jesus comes and teaches us in the text today here's the thing in the promised land I'm not gonna give you a finished product faith sometimes comes in some hard goods that you can put in the ground here's what I'm gonna teach you in the next season that I'm not gonna give you a bottle of milk I'm gonna give you a cow and expect you to milk that thing every morning I'm not gonna give you a blessed marriage I expect you to wake up and sow where you've been planted I'm not gonna give you kids after my own Her right away i want you to raise up the harvest in your own home he's saying in this next season in the harvest season i don't need to give you just enough if you want to work what you got i'll give you more than enough but it's gonna take work this is where a lot of people miss it that it takes a different level of living to stay in just not get in church for too long we've celebrated oh I got the job lives in such a way that you keep the job for too long it's like oh my gosh I'm so blessed well not live in a way that keeps on producing blessing he's saying in this next season I'm not going to provide just enough I'm going to give you more than enough can I tell you that God gets you in the door stewardship keeps you in the room it keeps the house expanding and if you really want to see the harvest, anybody say, I want to enter the next season, you got to take an inventory and say this, what God did for them, can he, he said, hey, the milk's in the cow and the honey's in the hive. I need you to go out and milk that cow and work that hive and create the honey. What has God given you that he said, I'm taking this away instead of saying, oh, God took that mac and cheese away. No, I thank God that he gave me a cow that I can cook up because I still like meat and I'm not a vegetarian. I'm going to eat that thing. So God stops the manna because he's saying in the next level of your life in this next season I'm going to provide differently. Church let us not get so accustomed to what God did small in a season that we make it a lifestyle for what's in the future. Some of us if we're going to be honest we don't know how to live a blessed life. We want so much drama that we actually make drama. When things are going well, I am gonna get in your business, I'm gonna roll it up on your front yard. Some of y'all just messy for the sake of being messy because you don't have any mess anymore. But God is saying, I took the mess away. Quit creating it for yourself. I want you to walk into the next season. It's actually gonna be okay because I provided it for you. So you really wanna enter the next season? You really wanna go in? How many of you, I want next season? You gotta cut some weight. There's no easy shortcuts. You gotta cut some weight. You need to heal from what hurts you. And if you don't heal from what hurts you, you'll keep bleeding on people that never wounded you to begin with. And then he says, hey, in the next season, I'm taking the manna away. I'm breaking the old mindset of the past and you need an abundance mindset for where I'm bringing you. And then last but not least, I'm gonna close here. The fourth thing he says, you know, he does all these things and he says, before you enter in, I need you to make sure you do these three things. But then he looks at Joshua and he says, Joshua, I have a problem is that these people here, I took them out of the wilderness, and I did all this, but now it's a whole new generation, it says in the text. And here's my problem, is that they've never celebrated Passover. And before we enter into the next season, I need a people who understand that once a year, that you need to pause, and you need to look back, and remember that Passover season. And if you don't know what passover is passover was this that god had sent an angel of death but the angel of death was told passover any house with some blood on the door and i had some pentecostals in the house who got some blood on their door and what happened was the angel of death when they saw the blood it passed over to the next house saw the blood it passed over to the next house And he said here's the thing i don't want you to go into the next season without stopping to celebrate the blood that i put on your house I don't want you to walk in. I need a people who understand that what you don't praise me for will sooner or later turn into pride. And I I need a people to understand that I did this for you and I I hooked you up. I need a people who know how to celebrate the blood of Jesus. In church today, you know, we don't celebrate a, a slain physical lamb. But I celebrate today that the angel of death passed over me this past year. I wonder if I have anybody here who insanity passed over my house. Brokenness passed over my house. Lack of provision, any blessed people, passed over my house. My kids are healthy. Sickness passed over my house. I'm healthy and whole. Brokenness and sickness passed over my house. And God said, listen, here's what you gotta do. If you wanna walk in and enter in the next season of your life, you need to pause at every time that I bring you to the next and thank me for what I've already done. I need some people today. How many of you can say on June 6th, 2021, I'm thankful for the blood of Jesus. I'm thankful for the blood of Jesus. We stand to our feet this morning. How many of you would be honest today and say, I'm ready to enter into the next season of my life. I'm excited for the next season. If you could just raise your hands. Come on, unashamedly. How many unashamed Christians do we have here? If you could just close your eyes. I don't know if the Holy Spirit spoke to you today. We're going to take a moment. I don't know what you need to cut. Make a commitment to cut it. I don't know, like, what hurt places you need to heal from. But pray about it and schedule a counseling appointment in Jesus' name. I don't know where you've been relying for the old thing of manna. When God is saying, I give it to you, start working it. And today, I I just wonder if we have a church, no matter what, who would say, God, I thank you for bringing me to today. I thank you for what you're doing. And I just want to pray for you. And we're going to go on. We're going to celebrate our graduates. But church, in one voice and one sound, can you just begin praying where you're at? Come on, we're a people of prayer here at Anthem Church. And anything you need to submit, we're going to thank God in advance for bringing us in. Lord, I thank you, Lord, for revealing to us any places we need to cut off. Lord, for people who are struggling with trust, Lord, because of their past, Lord, we we lay it at your feet. Lord, come and heal us. We know that you're the healer. And Lord, I thank you for providing manna for a season. But God, I thank you for the season you're calling us into next. I don't need manna anymore. Lord, we thank you for what you're doing. Lord, I thank you for what you're providing. Lord, I thank you when I pause on June 6th to thank every single baby that's been born at Anthem Church this year. Lord, every every new family, Lord, I thank you. And Lord, I thank you for celebrating. Uh, God, we just take this moment to say thank you for bringing us through a storm. Continue to pro- provide, protect, and keep us whole. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody says, come on, give me a good amen.
0: Amen. Well, listen, thank you so much for listening. And again, we're glad that you chose to be with us today. Again, follow and subscribe if you haven't already. And if you'd like any more information about Anthem Church, head on over to weareanthemchurch.com. We want to leave you with a blessing. May the Lord bless you and protect you. May the Lord smile on you and be gracious to you. May the Lord show you his favor and give you his peace. We'll
1: see you next week.